Hi, it's Dwyer, gamblersadvisory.com, a free site, bettingangle.us, a free site. Remember, the opinion you should follow should be your own. Just consider this video to be a second opinion from a complete stranger online. Let's talk about Jamal Charlo's return to boxing. You might remember him as being unbeaten as being a middleweight champion who was etching his name in history. But the question is, are you remembering the current fighter? Let's be clear here. I want you to think for a moment on where you were January 1st, 2020. Right? Understand, that was some time ago. That's more than three and a half years ago. Would it surprise you to learn that Jamal Charlo has only had two fights since then? One fight in 2020 and one fight in 2021. Now let's be clear what that means. It means Jamal Charlo did not fight at all in 2022. It means that Jamal Fido, uh, <laughs> Jamal Charlo hasn't fought at all this year. Are you remembering Jamal Charlo the way he was? And if so, how do you know whether that's the way he is now? Let's say this too. You should be concerned that they initially announced a fight between Canelo and Jamal Charlo. Folks, that's a dream matchup, right? Understand, Charlo was at 160. He wouldn't be jumping up from 154. Charlo was unbeaten. So you thought, wow, is he going to risk an unbeaten record against Saul Alvarez, right? Huge fight. Let's face it, too. Saul Alvarez is one of boxing's most lucrative fighters. Saul gets paid, but the guy he's fighting also gets paid. Right? Lay people like me just assumed, oh, if Jamal Charlo is fighting Saul Alvarez, then that has to be a financial bonanza. Right? I would certainly expect more pay-per-view buys. Then the Fury and Ganu fight just got. Now, weren't you a bit stunned that Charlo stepped aside so his brother could get the opportunity? You thought, wow, what, you know, how could a fighter pass on this opportunity? We all understand, too that as good as Jose Benavides Jr. is, and I'm going to make the case that he's better than we think, right? As good as he is, he doesn't bring the box office. He doesn't bring the limelight that Canelo would bring in a fight right now, right? Canelo, folks, owns all four belts at 168 pounds, Right? Canelo's not only bringing box office, Canelo's bringing opportunity. 
right? If your nickname's the Hitman and you're able to land just one great punch, right? Pull the unthinkable. Stop Canelo. Then we're talking about getting all kinds of belts, right? We're talking about suddenly being a man that everyone at 168 would have to deal with, would want to call, would want to challenge. So to me, it's a red flag. And I mean a red flag. When Jamal Charlo, unbeaten, wants you to believe that he's one of the very best in the sport, passes on a major opportunity, major to fight one of the biggest names in the entire sport. Now, let's go one step further. You know, mental health is something we don't discuss enough, right? We hear that, I'm not going to name the guy, we'll give him privacy, but we hear that a former champion is seeking treatment for mental health concerns, and we all act surprised as if we don't have that crazy uncle or that crazy aunt, as if we haven't walked by homeless people who start conversations with us, and then the conversation is a little bit off, and you look at the person and you think to yourself, wow, this person might be having mental health problems. Right, folks? I can just tell you, You know, I've seen people on top of the world, right? You're looking at the person and you're saying, wow, this person is a runaway success, only to learn later that that person was depressed. That person has mental health concerns. Understand, some of the greats in boxing history have talked about their mental health concerns, right? Oscar De La Hoya. Ray Leonard, the current heavyweight champion, Tyson Fury, right? None of us are immune from having mental health challenges and concerns. Now, Jamal Charlo is someone you need to look at carefully, right? He he just went through a contentious divorce. Right? I'm just telling you, as someone who represents people in court cases involving divorces, I've had calls late at night where my girl has thought I'm creeping on her. Right, It's like that old State Farm commercial where I'll get a call, and it's from a client. And that client who looks like a master of the universe, when I talk with them, right, well presented, you know, uh, you know, sounds like an executive, perhaps is an executive, that person will be stammering on the phone. They need someone to talk to, right? That person who looks like they're around abundance, who you think has advisors, has decided to call their divorce attorney at one in the morning to just talk about life, right? We'll be minutes in the conversation. I mean minutes in the conversation 
before I hear a reference to their spouse, before I hear something remotely connected to their divorce case. Divorces can be traumatic. Right now, all I can say is I understand many of us had health concerns in general during the COVID era. I get the fact that a lot of boxers said, no, I'm not having it. I'm not fighting during COVID, right? But you combine that with a contentious divorce, especially with boxers where the boxers understand. It's feast today. It's canned foods tomorrow if you lose this fight, right? Where the boxer looks around at their entourage and has to keep a ledger in their head on how many of these people am I going to lose if I lose this fight, lose my title, drop in the rankings, right? Folks, boxing's a tough, tough business. So here you are, you've risen to the top, you're undefeated, you're the middleweight champion, you've earned the money, you've risked your health earning the money, you've gotten hit in the head several times during fights, and then your wife takes half of it. Because when you were young and foolish, you didn't have a prenup. And of course, now you're 32 years old, and you're looking on the landscape and you're seeing the Canellos of the world, the Benavideses of the world, the Andres of the world, right? The And we need to mention his name, folks, the Janabeks of the world, right? You see all these tough guys on the horizon and you realize, you know what? I was unbeaten, but I may have been unbeaten during a different era. Half your money is gone, right? If you have kids, you might be on a schedule. In other words, before the divorce, you wake up and you're seeing your kids so much, you're tired of your kids. Let's just talk as adults, right? You walk, you know, you wake up and you say, oh man, my, my young son is here again and he's throwing toys, terrorizing the family pet, you know? You go from that to missing your kids because you don't have them half the time. Now let's add in, let's go where a lot of boxing shows don't go. Let's add in the added dynamic. The sibling rivalry dynamic that everyone claims doesn't exist. You're unbeaten at middleweight, but your brother, and it's worse than that. It's your twin brother. <laughs> your brother is undisputed at 154 pounds. Right? You're not just a boxer. You're a fan of the sport. You're reading some article. You see Charlo. You're like, oh, good. They're mentioning me. Then you find out they're not mentioning you. The Charlo on the pound for pound list is your twin brother. Right? Your promotional group comes to you and says, hey, man, Canelo wants to fight you. And you're thinking, wow, okay, these guys are doing a great job for me. Then you think about it and you say, you know, I've only had two fights in the last three years. Let me, let me pass on Canelo for now. Then you find out the guy who takes the opportunity is your brother. 
the one who's on pound for pound lists. Folks, I'm just telling you, that plays havoc on your mental health. So where is Charlo's head today? The answer is we don't know. But what we do know is that this fight has a catch weight. It's always a red flag when a guy is a champion and yet he's fighting at a catch weight. You're like, what? By the way, it's not a catch weight in Benavides's favor. It's a catch weight in Charlo's favor. Folks, they're fighting at 163 pounds. It's ridiculous. So, my point to you is, gamblers can look at the fighter. What I want gamblers to do here is to look at the situation. Are you sure Jamal Charlo, two fights in the last three years, are you sure Jamal Charlo is still Jamal Charlo? Folks, that's an open question. So, of course, I'm looking at the odds, and I'm like, okay, well, how are they pricing this fight? Are they pricing it 60, 40, you know, what? Because, of course, Benavides has been active. Benavides fought in August of this year, right? No, no, folks, believe it or not, you're getting better than a plus 500 on Benavides. Now, if I asked you to name me the best fighters in the sport, in the pocket. I'm guessing if I asked everyone here for a top five list, Terrence Crawford's name would end up on many lists. Right? Terrence Crawford's not running from Errol Spence. Terrence Crawford's beating the daylights out of Errol Spence. Drops him early in that fight. Spence gets up, lasts a few more rounds, it's not like you're watching the fight and Crawford comes on in the last round. No, that's domination. Let me tell you what happened when Crawford fought Jose Benavides Jr. You were in the second round. It's a fight. You're in the fourth round. It's a fight. You're in the fifth round. It's a fight. The eighth round. It's a fight. This isn't Tyson Fury and Ganu. This fight makes it past the 10th round. Benavides has a bad knee, although Benavides is tall and has length. Benavides isn't able to move like he did when he was younger. Right? Benavides is fighting after having been shot, folks. Benavides against the top shelf makes it to the 12th round against Terrence Crawford. Right, folks, Benavides does not just better. He does much better than Errol Spence did against Terrence Crawford. Now, I understand the concern. Many of you are thinking, wow, Terrence Crawford, was that fight at 147? Yes, it was. This fight is at 163. But understand, Benavides has had multiple fights at 160 since the Crawford fight. Right? So to me, 
Benavides is a technician in the pocket. Benavides has only been knocked out once in his career. And that was to Terrence Crawford in the 12th round. Benavides, by the way, fought Danny Garcia. I consider Swift, Danny's nickname, to be a future Hall of Famer. Look at the resume. Right? He fought Danny at 154. Danny's a tough fighter to go rounds with. Folks, that fight went the distance. Let me repeat that. Danny Garcia against Jose Benavides Jr. went the distance. Now here, I'm guessing that Jamal Charlo is only going to weigh 163 pounds for the three hours before the weigh-in, right? You and I understand these weigh-ins are imaginary, right? A guy shows up, you've had weigh-ins where guys show up, they're on the scale, they strip down, they make weight. Then the guy, as someone's putting a towel around their body, then the guy's immediately reaching, and I mean immediately reaching, for a glass of water. There might be a size gap here, and Benavides really can't move that well because of his injury. So you're going to have a much bigger man in the pocket with a much smaller man. But you're also going to have a very rusty guy who's dealt with some mental trauma in the ring against a guy who is sharp, who has been fighting, who has been active. I'll be the casino's huckleberry here. The bet I like, somebody's got to take these plus 500 bets. The bet I like is the underdog. Right? At greater than five plus 500, hell, I'll take him at plus 300. I'll take Jose Benavides Jr. I'll hedge the play with Charlo by stoppage. Let me point out, there's a fight in Charlo's past, right? Don't go by the official scorecards. You go by your own two eyes and your common sense. I thought, and this is controversial, I thought Charlo lost to Matt Karabov, right? Karabov, decorated amateur, underrated professionally. Importantly, Karabov in my opinion, won that fight from the pocket, right? Charlo's a guy who likes to move, who likes to move away. He likes to use his legs. He has very good legs, right? The problem is he's going to be shaking the rust off those legs. What I found, too, you know, they say legs are the first to go. Power is the last to go. What I found is Fighters who rely on movement need to stay sharp, right? The minute that part of their game decays, you're going to notice it in the ring, right? This is the comeback fight for Jamal Charlo. I'm not expecting him to have sharp legs for this match. Maybe he will over time. 
right? Maybe a couple matches from now, he'll be back to being the hit man. I'm not expecting him to be the hit man here. I'm expecting him to have a water pistol here, right? I'm guessing when he realizes that he can't simply outmaneuver Benavides, and when he realizes that in the pocket he's having problems, I believe he's going to try to take out Benavides. I wouldn't be surprised if he gets a stoppage. My point to you is the way I'm playing it is to take a swing at the greater than 5-1 to one on the Benavides side of the play. And I'll hedge it with Charlo by stoppage. But understand the risk involved. If Charlo wins this fight by decision, and of course two of his recent fights... He won by decision. Hasn't gotten a knockout for years, folks. Years. If Charlo wins this fight by decision, you lose it all. If you're a conspiracy theorist who understands that Charlo is unbeaten and that if he wins this fight, there are huge fights ahead, right? Whether it's Benavides, whether it's Andre, whether it's Canelo, right? There are huge fights ahead for him if he wins this fight. If you believe that the people behind the curtain in boxing conspire to make sure big fights happen, okay, fine. You'll be taking a big risk if you discount him winning by decision. I'm taking that risk, right? I believe Benavides is underrated. You don't even have to complete the sentence. I hear Benavides and I'm getting better than five to one. I'm taking that bet. Right? In my opinion, it's not like he's fighting Janabek. He's fighting a guy who's rusty, who's dealing with mental health trauma, a recent divorce, a successful sibling. Right? A guy who relies on his legs and he's coming back, and this is his first fight when he might not have the coordination all worked out. I like Benavides simply to win. I'll hedge the play with Charlo by stoppage. Understand the hole that leaves, and it's substantial, given the politics of boxing. If Charlo wins by decision, I lose it all on this fight. That's how I see it. Let me hear from you. I hope you leave your comments in the comment section of this YouTube video. Thanks for stopping by.